everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. As you might already know, we sent out a survey last week to get your input on the topics you would like us to cover here on the Camp Codger podcast. I'd like to thank all the wonderful listeners for your responses. It was so great to hear from you all. One of the most popular topics in our survey was retirement. What we do and how we enjoy our time in our golden years is clearly a subject of interest to most of our listeners. But the topic of retirement is so broad, we can easily break it into many different episodes of this podcast. So today, the three co-hosts of Camp Codger will be sharing our own personal retirement stories. We'll give you some insight into our journeys from full-time work to retirement. And I promise we'll be talking about other aspects of retiring and retirement on future shows. But first, let's see if we have any letters in our Camp Codger mailbox. A good friend of the show, Judy Henry, writes in and reminds us about the Sears catalog that many people remember choosing presents from. So true, Judy. It was like the Amazon of yesteryear. When you were a kid, it seemed like the wish book had everything you could possibly want. She goes on with some great memories of Christmas in New York City. Judy says, I think about Christmas all year long, and I gather presents as the year goes on. Mainly, I use Amazon ordering for myself, not for other people. Christmas is my attempt to think about my family and friends and give silly homemade cards. Thanks, Judy. You warmed my Grinch heart with your Christmas stories. Thanks, Gary. Today we're going to share some personal stories about retirement. The word retirement was once used to describe the life of someone who worked for a few decades and then, at the age of 65, abruptly stopped working and started doing what he or she really wanted to do. Back when we were all much younger and probably working way too many hours, retirement sounded like paradise. There would be plenty of free time for sitting in a rocking chair on the front porch, going fishing, taking up a new hobby, or just relaxing. But retirement here in the 21st century can be lots of different things, and certainly we don't all choose to retire at the same age or in the same way. So Richard, let's start with this question. When you were, say, 50 years old, what did you think retirement would look like? It would look like something someone else would do. Uh, (laughs) The word retirement was not in my vocabulary. Uh, At the time, I had a great career and was moving up the ladder, as we say. Worked for a premier news organization. And I had seen some buyouts, some layoffs, some enforced more or less retirements, but it wasn't about me. It was about them. And for me, it was enjoying my job. I love my job. I look forward to it every day. And retirement just was not on the radar. What about you, Gary? Go in in the Wayback Machine and try to remember what it was like when you were working like crazy, thinking about, you know, someday I'm going to retire. 
what would that have looked like in your mind? You know, I'm a bit like Richard and that. We followed a parallel path. I enjoyed my work when I was 50. I really did. I was in the middle of Silicon Valley and high-tech startups, and I was so engrossed in what I was doing that I never really honestly thought about retirement. I didn't think I'd ever retire because why would I retire? I was having such a good time. What about you, Randy? Well, I knew I was going to retire, and I guess I hadn't thought it through. And I, I'm not sure anybody who's 50 or so thinks it through the way it really is going to be, right? Because you have no frame of reference for it. I really thought it was going to be more like, I don't know, a gentle transition into just being on vacation more and doing more fun things. I wasn't specific about it. I, it's not like I set a retirement goal for myself. Like, I'm going to visit all seven continents. But I knew retirement was going to look and was supposed to look different than working. Did any of you have parents as models for retirement? Was your dad happily retired? Was your mom, if she was a worker, was she happily retired? I got a funny story about that because my two parents could not have been more different. My mom worked as a stewardess for TWA Airlines from 1947 to 1951. She was forced into retirement at the age of whatever that was in 1951 for her, 24 years old, 26, uh, because she got married and, and you couldn't be a stewardess on an airplane <laughs> and be married. So she retired to do what people did in 1951. And, you know, if you're a woman, you stayed home, you had a couple of kids and you took care of the kids in the family. She did that. She didn't work a day past 1951. She, <laughs> she had a, a long four-year career. <laughs> that was one bookend. The other bookend was my dad, who worked for DuPont for his entire career, one of, the, one of the last people in the last generation who could actually do that. He literally graduated from, from college, got a job with DuPont, stayed with that company until he retired at the age of 65. Mm -hmm. Now, he worked at several different jobs, and he was moved around the country, which is why I was born in Delaware, raised for 10 years in Michigan, and then ended up in California. Mm -hmm. That's all job-related transfers. But my dad worked, 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 didn't have a whole lot of hobbies, and retired and was miserable. He hated the lack of structure. He hated not having enough to do. And he was finally happy once he decided and was offered the chance to come back as a, a consultant, a contract worker. And he, so he worked for 20 hours a week for a while. But he hated that transition, that, you know, the gold watch day when you're 65 and all of a sudden you're escorted, you know, congratulations, you've made it. Here's your watch. Now go away forever. <laughs> That was his story, and it didn't work for him. So my role model for retirement was don't be like dad. Oh, interesting. What about you, Richard? My father was forced to retire when, I mean, he owned this business. And in the 80, 81 recession, it went belly up. Mm -hmm. So he had no work, and he devoted 35, 40 years of his life to this business to climb to the very top. So that was not a pretty picture at all. His emotional self, his psychological self was wedded to that business. And when it went away, a piece of his brain went away. Now, this thing you said, 
Randy, about consulting. That's an interesting one. I have a number of friends who retired from their primary jobs, but their skill set's still there, and they use mm-hmm. it to consult. And it's exactly what you described. They consult maybe not 20 hours a week. They consult maybe 20 hours a month, but they still are in the game, and they really enjoy being in the game. Sure, absolutely. So, Gary, do you consider yourself retired now? That's a really good question. I think I finally consider myself retired, and I do that by the definition is it's where I want to be. I don't want to ever work for anybody again. I'm happy having my freedom. There was a point where being retired meant not getting paid, so you obviously were retired, but you could be retired and be very, very busy. And that's the world I ended up in. I found project after project that keep me entertained. I could have been retired years ago if I didn't do all those projects, but I'm retired now, and I'm generally embracing it for the most part. What about you, Richard? Aren't, aren't you still teaching a class or two and doing some, some other things? I am, and still maybe seven and a half on a 10 scale, maybe working toward eight on a 10 scale, but not, not at the top. Randy, you're somewhat in transition, right? You're in between? Exactly. I am, I'm on a, a planned schedule where I work less every year. And this started a couple of years ago. I'm going to work uh, next year, next calendar year, 2024, and that's going to be my last official year of working. But like both of you, I'm still going to have irons in the fire, one of which hopefully is going to be this podcast because <laughs> I, I really enjoy talking with you guys every every week. This is a lot of fun. This is the kind of project that I think is good for a retired person. You know, it, it keeps us sharp. It keeps us uh, plugged into what's what's happening. Just a great project. So I'm going to be a project guy like Gary, but I'm going to have a flexible schedule going forward where if uh, Patty and I want to go off to Europe, we're going to just take a vacation and do it. I think that's one of the key things about retirement, when you can finally embrace the idea of not having structure. You don't have to get up every morning at the same time, drive the same route to work interact with the same people in the job, and then make turn around and go home again. The lack of structure is sometimes a little hard to deal with. It was for me. The lack of a discipline of what to do. I mean, the freedom to do what you want hit me about two years ago. I don't know why it took me so long. I'm a slow, slow, I'm a slow learner, I guess, <laughs> because I had all this freedom. I didn't have to do anything. I I could choose when to do something, what to do, and I could even choose if I wanted to do it at all. Mm -hmm. I had that for years, and I didn't realize how wonderful it was to be able to have that freedom. One of the things I noticed about my dad was that he was all about structure. Obviously, working for DuPont, the structure was given to him. It was created for him, and he just kind of did what he was supposed to do. When that went away, he was he floundered you know, the same way that, Gary, you just described. I've been self-employed for so long now that I've created my own structure, and so I can see myself now just transitioning that structure to a different set of things I'm, I want to do or things I'm going to do that day. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to do just fine in retirement, but I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm still clearly on the path. It's interesting. In, in many ways, I think my wife, Allison, has figured it out best. She was a CFO for a, a whole laundry list of top-end cultural arts organizations, retired a year and a half ago or so, but still uses her skill set as a member of boards. She's on four boards, and given that her skill set is finance, a lot of people want her on their boards. So she's able to play the game but not be in the game. I'm envious. I'm really at times jealous of her ability to still exercise her skill set but not have the things that Gary was talking about, going into work every day, having to get dressed in a certain way every day, having to interact with people you don't like every day. She doesn't have any of that. And and how much how much of her time is spent doing That's that? A really good question. And sometimes I think it's too much time. These are unpaid jobs, by the way. Oh, so she's not making a, a any no. kind of board member no. fee or consultant fee? She's no? working for nonprofit boards. She takes it deadly seriously. That sounds like you're describing somebody who didn't really want to retire. <laughs> it's interesting you talked about using her skill set to go back and do what essentially she did before a slightly different capacity more of advisory but used her knowledge i've come to the conclusion that one of the challenges for a lot of people that go into retirement is we are so defined by our jobs who we are is the job we do and if somebody you meet somebody at a party and they say, hi, tell me about yourself, the first thing you're going to do is lead with your job. I've decided that my intention is not to do what I did before. And I don't think I'd want to volunteer doing what I did before. I enjoyed it, but I can't do it again. Nobody's ever going to hire me to run another startup at my age. I wouldn't hire myself at my age to run another startup. I think you need to redefine yourself. You need to be prepared to say, I'm not the same person the day after I retired as I was the day before. I can be somebody else. And it's okay because it gives you an opportunity to learn something new. It gives you an opportunity to be challenged again. Just repeating yourself for another 20 years on a part-time basis doesn't strike me as very interesting. One of the things I'm thankful for now is that you're not forced, for the most part, forced into a target date for retiring. It's much more of a personal decision. And you get to decide when you want to start the process, and you get to decide what it's going to look like. Gary, because you you self-identify among the, the three of us as the most retired, tell us what you like best about that life, the retired life. I like the absolute freedom. It comes from the freedom of not having a structure forced on you. I don't have to follow somebody else's rigor. I don't have to follow somebody else's time to clock in at work. I also like the freedom to say, today, I'm going to go hiking, and I'm going to go hiking at 3 o'clock, not after work, not before work, not over lunch hour. I'm going to go out and do something whenever I feel like. And once you get to that point, then you say, great, this is what it's about, isn't it? It's about not having to do anything or doing what you want to do. That's, to me, the number one. Yeah, the That's flexibility great. in the schedule is something that I'm still getting used to. I'm still 
programmed to do a certain amount of activity every day. Some of it's work-related, right? I'm not there yet. I'm not to the point where I wake up on a Thursday and it's like, well, I think today I'm going fishing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) One of the great things about retirement, and it's really true, is sometimes you don't know what day of the week it is. Truly. And I find it stunning when I think about it because we were used to work with such rigor. We knew Monday through Friday and then weekends we got busy with all our home chores. Then we went back to work and now you don't have it. Now, when I say have freedom, that doesn't mean I use my freedom to sit in front of the TV all day, which I could do, which I think if people choose to do that when they retire, that's a fine thing. For me, it's the freedom to choose to do what I want to do. And it could be Camp Codger. It could be any number of other projects that I always seem to have in my list. So freedom doesn't mean doing nothing. Freedom just means you have a choice. I'm with Randy. I'm still, even some year, a year and a half after I quit my full-time job at USC, I'm still grappling with all that, with the freedom that you, Gary, have embraced. Keep in mind, though, Richard, that it's not like Gary embraced the freedom right away. What he's describing is a process that you go through, right? Right. And I think we're all three of us in different ways still in the process. I'm probably closer to being ready to fully embrace retirement. In fact, if I haven't, haven't already done it, I really think I have. I'm here. I don't care whether I ever do what I did before I retired ever again. I'm happy not running startups, managing engineers, managing salespeople. All of those things are gone, and I don't miss it at all anymore. I finally don't miss it. And I think that's a big transition when you finally get to the point of saying, you know, I don't need it. That's not who I am anymore. And that's about redefining yourself. It's about saying, I'm not what I am when I put on a suit and go to work. I'm somebody else. I define myself in what my interests are. I define myself in what I do with my spare time. That's a better definition, I think, than your job. All right. So I got a question for both of you. It's an elevator speech question. When you're at a party and you're working, right, you've got a full-time career, full-time job of some sort, uh, and somebody asks what you do, you've got an answer, you know? In 10 or 15 words, you can describe what you do. If you go to a party now, what's your answer? (laughs) I say I'm retired. And it took me years to say that because I always used to say, well, I'm kind of retired, but not really. And the answer is no, I'm retired. And I'll let the listener decide what that means. I know what it means to me. But if somebody wants to think I'm sitting in front of the TV watching watching the boob tube all day long, great. Let them think that. If they think I'm out golfing all day long, that's great. If they think I'm building a CNC <laughs> machine in my garage, they will never figure that one out. Let them wonder. Let them wonder, right? All right. So of the three of us, you're really the only one who says, yes, I'm retired. Because when I ask Richard that question, the answer is, well, I'm still kind of doing stuff. And when I ask me that question, the answer is, no, I'm still gainfully employed with the mm-hmm. with the the biggest client I've had for the last uh, two decades. Not willing to give that up quite yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> but next year the plan is I'm done. And then I do other things, right? Yeah. More more traveling, more fun stuff. For Gary, since you're retired, 
you're the obvious person to answer this one first. Have you taken up any new hobbies or activities as a retired person? All the time. <laughs> I, I, I was making a list of things I've done since I really stopped working for money, right? That's, that was one definition of retirement. Nobody pays you for what you do anymore. And that list really got long. I did a startup, started writing software again. I built two houses. I taught myself how to do electronics design, a printed circuit board layout. I built a CNC machine in my garage. <laughs> Stop. You're, you're, you're making me tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have hobbies. Yes. I just, when I run out of those, I'll go find another list because that's what entertained me. But the beauty is I get to choose what to do. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's great. What about you, Richard? In the last few years, whatever mm -hmm. number you want to pick, have you done things that you hadn't done before because you didn't have time or taken advantage of opportunities to just do something different? I would say de facto, yes. It doesn't quite feel that way, but... For instance, I've read a lot more books in the last year and a half or two than I read when I was, you know, putting in the nine and 10 hours days at work. Travel, unbelievable amount of travel in the last couple of years, more than I did in the last 10 years. Some writing. There are a thousand questions I have about my parents' lives and their families. I don't know the answers to. I wish I could have asked them and I didn't. So I'm not going to let that happen to my kids. And I'm writing my own memoir I've got uh, 35,000 words so far, and I'm only up to 1972. <laughs> it's going to be an opus, a serious opus. That's great, though. I love that idea. I love that Boy. idea. The life and times of Richard Kipling. That's right. Well, honestly, Richard, there are questions I would love to ask my deceased father and mother, and I was stupid enough when they were alive not to remember to ask them. I, I totally get you. And uh, so much is lost in, in the passage of generations. So good for you. Randy, what are your new hobbies? Well, one of them, Gary, you'll be very interested in this. It's a podcast called Camp Cotch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. What's it about, Randy? Well, it's about people in their golden years talking about what matters to them. Retirement. And retirement is one of those biggies. And and as I said at the top of the show, retirement is one of those issues that is such a big deal. We're going to talk about this as an ongoing theme mm -hmm. on this show. But getting back to the just the the launch of Camp Codger and the and the fact we're all three of us doing a different activity than we ever have before, right? For me, this is one of the joys of retirement. It's like we have time to do this. To some people, this might look like work, but for us, it's fun. <laughs> it's an activity we never could have done before. That's kind of a summary of what new retirement can look like. And we all get to pick. We all get to decide. As I mentioned on the intro to the show, we're going to talk about things like finances in retirement, the financial side of, of working less or not at all. We're going to talk about social security benefits and how you need to, to keep track of the changes. There's so many things about being in your golden years and working less or not at all. Thanks for chatting with me, guys. It's really been fun. We'll get to other aspects of retirement soon. Any final thoughts? 
does anybody have advice they might want to give somebody who's contemplating retirement? You know, I worked up some thoughts myself. Randy? Well, I think you got to prepare for it. Thankfully, it's no longer a day on a calendar for most of us or for a, a good percentage of us. But even if it is, start thinking ahead of time about what your new life is going to look like. And don't go from working 100% to playing 100% unless you know exactly what the play is going to be. If you've got an existing hobby, great, you'll have more time for it. But if you don't have an existing hobby, you better start thinking about what you want to do because it's easier to transition than it is to go abruptly from one thing to the next. I would add to that. We've talked about retirement as our choice. There are a lot of people that are more or less pushed into retirement via layoffs. Ultimately, I was one of those. I was at the LA Times for 19 years. Finally, I was the one in charge of a lot of those layoffs. And finally, it came back to bite me. It was time for me as a 64-year-old to go out the door. One thing I think you need to do is assess where you are and decide if there's more work in you or not. I thought there was more, and I thought I could just go out and apply for certain jobs, not in journalism, but teaching journalism. Well, when you're 64, universities don't really want to hire you on a tenure track. You have to be realistic about what your opportunities are if you get maybe pushed a little and don't just say, hey, I think I'm going to retire. It's not always up to you to retire. Randy, I agree with you that your ideas about planning and thinking it through, you just don't want to be running along at 100 miles per hour and come to a screeching halt one day mm -hmm. without having thought about the consequences. But what I was saying earlier is thinking about redefining yourself, accepting that you may have to think differently about who you are, what you can do. You need to understand you don't have structure anymore. You may have to create some structure, but you got to think that through. I think one of the most serious things is consider what you're going to do with your free time because you have a lot of it. Now, for a lot of us that are in relationships and have families and homes, we have the honeydew list. Those things will always keep us a little bit busy, but it doesn't fill up a whole week of not working. So I think we're all in agreement. You got to think it through. You got to be aware of what's happening and plan, plan, plan. Exactly. Well, fellow codgers, it's about time to retire from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. You, you had to see that coming. I Come know, on. I know. I should have seen it. <laughs> but of course. All right. But that just means we're done talking about retirement for now. We promise you listeners that the topic of retirement will be an ongoing theme on this podcast, which we will periodically explore. Thanks for listening. And please tell your friends about Camp Codger. We have plenty of rocking chairs here on the front porch for new campers. And we'll see y'all next week here at Camp Codger. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171. Music